When Chris Duvas spoke with Patrick O'Shaughnessy on his podcast, Invest Like the Best, I was once again struck by this person I had never heard about. Who was this Chris Duvas guy, and, and what other ideas did he have? Well, I was in luck, because Duvas also spoke with Ted Seides on his podcast and gave a pair of presentations at Stanford, one in 2016, one in 2017. And from those four sources, we're going to use quotes and ideas of his for this podcast episode. If you want more of Duvas, search for his name on YouTube, where there are plenty of presentations. Ready? Duvasa's investing career began with some choice teachers, learning from David Swenson at Yale, working at Princeton, and working for David Salem at TIFF. Duvas learned to be a BLT investor beyond the long term. He also learned to invest heroically. Swenson told him this, quote, Investing is about optimizing discomfort. If you're feeling too comfortable, you're not taking enough risk. Risk is not itself a dirty word. There are two kinds of risks. There are risks you can mitigate and there are risks you can't. The ones you can mitigate, you want to spend all your time mitigating and diversifying them. And the risks you can't mitigate, you want to make sure you get compensated adequately for. End quote. I love this idea because it gets to this idea of things not being binary. There are things to figure out. There are shades of gray. There is work to do. From David Salem, he learned to invest as a robust nonconformist with courage in his convictions. Duvos presents it in a chart. It's a two-by-two two matrix, much like the Howard Marks matrix that we've seen online on Trent Griffin's website or that I've used on my website, thewaiterspad.com. And it's this idea that you really have two choices. You can be right or you can be wrong, and you can be consensus or you can be non-consensus. And Duvos calls his going with the crowd or going alone. And he said it was working with David Salem that got him to this point where he realized that you can be alone because that's where fortune and glory really reside. Andy Radcliffe often mentions this matrix and he said that it was part of the reason that led him to start Wealthfront. This is an important idea and it's one that only works if you have uh, the right protection. If you have, uh, a David Salem tells Patrick O'Shaughnessy, the degrees of freedom. I really like the way Brent Bishore put it on an April 22nd tweet. He said that a leader is a doer with followers. And this is what Brent wrote in his tweet. Quote, Once you have a following, lead with an eye towards selfless justice. Act as the shit umbrella, shielding people from distraction and abuse. Lift others up and reflect the spotlight to those around you, end quote. That's this idea of if you want the people you're working with to take risks and to do things and to venture out on their own, it has to be an environment that allows for that. Duvos warns Patrick that investors shouldn't choose venture capital if they have the wrong timeline. He says, quote, the biggest drive of venture success is a willingness to have a long horizon, end quote. You shouldn't just invest in venture capital, he's saying, just because you want an investment in venture capital. You have to be in the conditions that allow for that. You have to have a high tolerance for risk. You have to be willing to live with illiquidity. You have to have a distant horizon. Duvos says that this is, quote, a rare trio, end quote. Yale is a canonical example, but, quote, Yale has a comfort envelope dynamic. They have an accommodative committee that will stick with them through thick and thin. They have a time horizon that is much longer than most folks, end quote. 
And this was Salem's point too. Someone can't imitate the Yale strategy without imitating the Yale people and the process as well. Being your own version of Yale that's not in New Haven takes career risk. Jeremy Grantham told Duvos in one conversation, quote, Over 90% of decisions as an asset manager first take into account the career risk associated with those decisions, end quote. No one gets fired for buying IBM, and not buying IBM takes career capital. Michael Mobison explained it this way, quote, I do think there's an element of career risk, and this spans not just sports, but also investment management. Bill Belichick goes for it on fourth down, and it doesn't work out, and people give him the benefit of the doubt. But if you're a coach who has a 500 team, it may be the correct decision. But if you lose that game, people don't think about the quality of your decision-making process. They do think about the outcome. That's a real big problem. Rory Sutherland says that part of this decision-making quagmire comes from our willingness to signal competence. Quote, if I pretend everything is logical, it may not be a really good decision, but if things go wrong, no one can blame me. That's an extraordinary form of corporate insurance, end quote. And Duvos says about this, quote, the Venn diagram of the people who can do and have the courage to do it is actually pretty small, end quote. Davos is a venture capital investor. He's the one who collects money and then gives it to venture capitalists who give it to entrepreneurs. And hopefully those entrepreneurs return more money to the venture capitalists who can return more money to Duvos. And uh, this, he says, is a really good model, but it's hard to figure out. At a presentation at Stanford, he says, quote, you don't have the winners repeating, end quote. And he tells O'Shaughnessy, it's not as extreme as monkeys throwing darts. Factors may not be the best approach, um, but Patrick asks him about it anyways, and he says, quote, If you found four factors, I'm not sure they would correlate with success. They would certainly correlate with volatility, end quote. Venture capital uh, is a difficult business to be in, and part of the reason is because it lasts so long, and you have to deal with illiquidity. If he had to put together a portfolio based on models, as O'Shaughnessy asked for. He says that um, his inputs would be concentration, scientific processes, earliness, and size discipline. Uh, like he said in the podcast, it's not easy to do. One thing he wouldn't include is performance. Quote, I actually think track record is a lagging indicator, not a leading indicator, end quote. Part of the reason is the time it takes for venture investments. The average investment, Duvos explains, lasts longer than the average marriage. Also, consider that size isn't a perfect indicator. Quote, Someone once told me it's harder than you ever dreamed it would be to raise fund one, but far easier than you ever thought it would be to raise fund two. O'Shaughnessy says that he calls this assets versus alpha. But venture capital hasn't always been this way. It hasn't always been so difficult and confusing. Duvos himself notes and talks that what he does is a kind of voodoo, but it hasn't always been voodoo. No, this problem has a very specific starting point, and the man behind it all, we've already talked about, it was David Swenson. This is what Duvos says, quote, After Swenson placed all his chess pieces on the board, he wrote a book, and when I pitched nonprofits, I would sit down and say, Now we're reading from the book of David, end quote. That book, Pioneering Portfolio Management, became an investment tome. Swenson wrote for so much of an allocation in venture capital and groups invested so much in venture capital. Money flowed west and the landscape bloomed. Quote, all these things led to a flowering of entrepreneurship, end quote. But opportunities withered. Duvos is electrified in his chats and he likes to quote Buffett saying, opportunity equals value minus perception, though he's not sure Buffett ever said such a thing. 
And that's the stage venture capital is today. The innovators were followed by the imitators who are followed by the idiots and quote, sometimes I feel like we're in the idiot phase, end quote. Things are feverish. Quote, I think a lot of people in the zip code think about sexiness as a proxy for opportunity, but it's exactly the opposite, end quote. Duvo says that he was once a Henry McCann's barnacle, and he followed him around, and he recalled this, quote, He told me when an asset class works well, capital is expensive and time is cheap. What we saw in the bubble was that capital got cheap and time got expensive, end quote. Today, Duvos repackages the Gatsby line for Silicon Valley. This is what he says, quote, The tempo of the city had changed sharply. The uncertainties of 1920 were drowned in a steady golden roar, and many of our friends had grown wealthy. But the restlessness of Palo Alto in the 2000s approaches hysteria. The parties were bigger, the shows were broader, the buildings were taller, the morals were looser, end quote. Perception isn't value, and in venture capital, indexing isn't value either. Quote, If you were to index venture, you would waste your time, end quote. Venture capital returns are like the average income when Bill Gates is in your sample. Or to put it another way, on average, everyone has one testicle. Skewness can drive sadness, is something Duvos is fond of saying. In one presentation, Duvos pointed out that the mean for one vintage of funds was 45% higher than the median return. This doesn't mean that good ideas, good companies, and good people aren't out there. They are. You just have to find them. You have to work harder to find them. Duvos is perplexed when he reads articles about another such-and-such app. Come hang out at his portfolio companies and, quote, you'll see smart, domain-focused people doing amazing, world-changing stuff, end quote. Duvos is fond of looking for these people on college campuses. Quote, if I could make a parish tray, I would go long Berkeley and short Stanford, end quote. That's nothing against Stanford, where Duvos has given many presentations, but more for Berkeley. It's a moneyball approach. Find value where others aren't looking. Duvos models himself after Herodotus. After an early visit to California, he reflected, quote, I thought I needed to be in the land of the Startupians, end quote. And he tells this story in a couple of presentations, and it's wonderful when he tells it that he knows that Herodotus would travel around, and he would note how people acted in certain areas, and how that was different from the places that he had just been, or the place he was from. And for Duvo, Silicon Valley was kind of like this. People were acting differently there, and he wanted to go there, and he wanted to figure it out. He was also inspired by the Walt Whitman poem, Song of the Redwood Trees, which has the line, quote, Populous cities, the latest inventions, the steamers on the rivers, the railroads, with many a thrifty farm with machinery, end quote. So Duvos went west. He knew from his days at Tiff and Princeton that running up and down Sand Hill Road, quote, You just get this warmed over conventional wisdom and sometimes a healthy dose of politics on the side. Historians prize prim primary sources, and the primary sources were the entrepreneurs, end quote. So he moved west and started showing up at companies with a case of beer on a Friday afternoon. Quote, people are thrilled to talk about what they're up to, end quote. There are a few other of his quotes that I really enjoyed. These are three of them. Quote, I asked Mike Maples, how is your success so repeatable? And he said, I'm looking to meet with 10 people a week that are really smart that no one else is meeting with, end quote. Another one was, quote, I set a rule for myself to be like Herodotus. For every hour I sit with a VC, I'm going to sit with an entrepreneur, end quote. And then the last one, quote, creativity doesn't come from within a community of consensus, end quote. 
Though different in words, the spirit is the same as how Brian Koppelman made billions. If you have a genuine interest, people will talk to you. But you don't have to necessarily believe everything they say. Duvos told one group of students to do this job, quote, You have to be a professional skeptic. Everyone is a fantastic salesman. You can sit there all day and get pitches from people, and every opportunity is as exciting as the last, end quotes. He wears many hats, investigative journalist, counselor, teacher, connector. Duvos raises money, and then he gives it away, hopefully, to get more in return. And the model works for now. When Patrick O'Shaughnessy asks if he's worried about initial coin offerings, Dubos isn't too perturbed. Quote, You create a more effective vehicle in a sense, but you still need help. So much has to go right in building a company that you want more people in your squad than you ever dreamed possible. Unquote. He points to a 2014 blog post that Josh Koppelman titled Domino Rally Business Models. In that post, Koppelman notes that you need a lot of things to go right for a business to succeed. Duvo said this, quote, Taking a company from $10 million to $100 million in revenue is an amazing challenge. It's like riding a tiger whose fur is on fire running through an oil field, end quote. Help comes from doing something, offering insight. Quote, One of my views is that active management will look like catalytic management, end quote. ICOs may bring money, but that's it. Duvos again and again lays out what he looks for, and he shares his secret for finding investments on purpose. He wants to clarify things. He wants to demystify things. He probably wants to stop saying that what he does is voodoo, and there's really four things that he looks for. The people, the strategy, the portfolio, and the performance, but it's really the first two and kind of the third thing that are the points that really matter. About the people, he wants someone that has an edge somewhere. They must be, quote, people who are reflective, opinionated, and have humility, end quote. And then in a uh, presentation at Stanford, he says, quote, every great partnership is a well-rounded whole of jagged pieces that fit together nicely, end quote. For the strategy, he wants something that has resonance. He wants the people to be connected to the idea. And it reminded me a lot of Christensen's disruption theory, only instead of the firm, it's applied to the individual. This is how Duvos explains it, quote, it's amazing how often I meet middle managers from Procter & Gamble who all of a sudden want to run a microcap buyout firm. They say they can bring operational experience, but no, you had a staff of 30 people for all those years in Cincinnati. What do you know about being in the weeds and deploying all these other plays in the playbook? End quote. So the people and the strategy really have to be something that fit together, where there's a yin and there's a yang, and if those two things don't make a beautiful black and white circle, then it's not going to be a good opportunity. That circle, kind of, is the portfolio, and Duvos says, quote, these are fragile, end quote. And, and how do you diversify a risk like, um, quote, when Bob, the VP of sales, sleeps with Jane, the wife of Bill, the VP of engineering, end quote. There's all these personal dynamics that happen in startups, and you also get to the idea of what he calls P.E. math, and and he says at Stanford, quote, I tell entrepreneurs, once you take venture capital, the venture capitalist's business model is your business model, end quote. And Duvos wrote at superlp.com, quote, here's where it gets dicey for the masses, though, and I'll make some gross simplifying assumptions. If you're an LP and investing in a run-of-the-mill $500 million fund, hoping to get a 3x net return, that fund has to generate $1.7 billion in returns. 1.25 billion in profit less 20% equals two turns of profit. Of course, that's just the capital that accrues to the firm's ownership stake. Since a lot of firms end up owning only 10 to 15% of their companies at exit, you've typically got to gross the 1.75 billion up by a factor of between six and two thirds and 10. 
That suggests that those firms need to create between 12 and 17 billion of market cap just to get a three times fund level net return to their LPs. Caliente, end quote. It's really hard to return capital when all those other people need to get paid as well. That's why he calls it PE math. And he has a few nice posts on his blog about that. And the fourth thing is performance. And like we addressed earlier, performance is kind of a lagging indicator. It takes seven years. And by the time you see results, it's like uh, looking through a telescope at life in the past. Duvo says, quote, the challenge is that performance is easy to measure, end quote. But it may not be the right metrics. He clarifies, quote, People focus on a few metrics because they are easy to extrapolate. But if you're doing this job well, it's crazy time intensive, end quote. It's getting beer with people. It's walking tours. It's visiting. It's, quote, building the mosaic. And that takes time. It's why people take shortcuts. And that's why you default to a brand, end quote. So what makes Duvo so good? When asked about his day, he explained what his average week looks like. And he said it's meeting with a manager about their portfolio, with mental notes about cross-references to check, meeting with investors. It's a Palo Alto walking tour and a history of the electronics industry. It's meeting with an entrepreneur, quote, hopefully I'll have a neuron fire from a conversation from a few days earlier, end quote. After that, he'll drive to a robotics or AI lab and talk with the teams there. Duvos got to this point by standing out. He visited campuses before others. He started blogging before others. He wore a red t-shirt before others. Actually, the t-shirt is just a good story. He realized, quote, I can educate people, end quote. When you're the first voice in the room, you get to choose the conversation. Venture capital, Duvo says, quote, has more units of ego per dollar of return than any other asset class, end quote. But he tries to build partnerships and community. He tries to manifest what Mr. McCants at Greylock told him. Quote, If we ever have to go into the bottom drawer to pull out our documents, we lost. We should have a partnership with a capital P, where we do right by you, and you do right by us. Chris Duvos is really an interesting person, and thankfully he creates a lot of really interesting content. His presentations and his podcast interviews are filled of so many wonderful stories to enjoy, and I really appreciated the chance to dive in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mike's Notes. Well, it's very nice. Thank you very much. Now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? It's leave, you idiot. Make like a tree and leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right, then, leave and take your book with you.